welcome to the Armchair Trader podcast. And uh, today we're going to be talking um, specifically about day trading, which is not a not a subject we've focused on before, but it is an important one. To help us with that, um, we have Andrea Unger of the Unger Trading Academy in Italy, who is a very experienced day trader, knows a lot about the subject. Um, so uh, welcome, welcome to the show. Ciao, ciao everybody. Andrea here. I wanted to just start off actually with with defining day trading most experienced day traders will already know that they're day traders but can you just define for us what a day trader is and what day trading is yeah actually i believe there is no unique definition and even the name can be misleading because in theory uh, day trading means uh, um, opening and closing positions within the market session of one day so normally it would mean you take advantage of market moves during the day and you stay flat overnight. Uh, in reality, this change over the years and as of today, the so-called day traders uh, happen also to keep positions open for maybe a couple of days. So it is more close to something like swing trading where you jump into some moves of a market and you wait for a moment where you believe the move is over and then you close the position. These moves anyway are, are short term, so you're talking about hours or in some case four or five days maybe. So uh, I would include this uh, into day trading as well, even though it's obviously not uh, within a single day. You're obviously a good man to talk to about this because you um, were the... Uh world trading champion and you managed to achieve this four times in a row can can you tell us a little bit about that how you how you became world trading champion and and what was needed there yeah actually it was three times in a row and then i i won the fourth time a couple of years later but uh, um, it's fine i mean um, how did i achieve it um I don't know. I mean, I just applied my approach to trading. I am a, a systematic trader, an automated trader, which means I build uh, trading systems, writing codes with instructions what to do, and these systems work for me in the markets. They are working now while we are talking. Uh, Actually, it has not been like that for all the competition because the first competition I won was in 2008 and in 2008 orders were not sent automatically to the market. So I had the pop-ups with the orders to place and I had to place the orders manually into the machine waiting for the execution then to place stop loss, take profit, whatever. In any case, all the instructions on what to do were previously written into a code uh, and this might might be frightening it's not i mean uh, these codes are really uh, very easy to write because uh, i'm not a programmer but i take advantage of uh, software which are out there where uh, it's very easy to very simple to write the instructions of what you intend to do and why am I doing this? Of course, to automate trading, but also for another important reason, because writing the codes of what I, I'm supposed to do, of what I'm willing to do, I can analyze how this idea worked in the past. I just take the code and I put the code in my machine, going through all the past data, which are also obviously in the database of the machine, 
and analyzing what happened if I did the very same thing throughout the years. So obviously, if you have an idea, ideas might be buy on Tuesday when prices exceed the high of Monday if we are in the second half of the month. This is just a stupid example, but just to tell you the structure of some ideas that might be there. And then close at the end of the day or close with a take profit of $1,000 or close with a loss of $500 or whatsoever. So I take this, I put it on the past data and if it made money in the past, obviously I'm, I'm happy. I would be happier if I made myself the money, but let's say my idea worked, showed to, to work in the past. So I gain confidence that the idea is uh, potentially good and uh, there is potential that this idea keeps on working also in, uh, in the future. I would obviously not put live, as we say, when, as we mentioned, when we put the strategies working with real money on the market, I would not put live any strategy that lost money year after year, of course, because that would end up being a, a crazy idea because clearly it doesn't work. Um, also doing the opposite does not always work because we have costs in the trading activity, so we cannot simply reverse the ideas because costs might kill any, any good idea that makes enough money to seem profitable, but then we have to take into account all the costs that we have, commissions, slippage, and so on. So that's it. I took some of the systems that I was using with my main account and I used these into the accounts of the competition. Uh, these are also real money accounts because these competitions are, are different from many uh, demo championships because you are working with real money so you take your personal risk with your money uh, of losses of course. Uh, the difference in the competition compared to my day-by-day -day trading is obviously related to risk because in a competition you take the maximum risk possible. This is another thing that we have to pay attention to. I'm not taking the maximum risk overall. No, I'm taking the maximum risk that makes sense. Every single strategy has a level of risk that is a sort of a limit for that strategy to survive because any strategy has winners and losers. We cannot get rid of losers. This is the bad news for all the listeners. We have just to take control of the losses we have. These are the costs of our activity. So when you analyze the strategy and with automated trading, you can do that because you have numbers to base your decisions on. When you analyze the, the strategies, you can find the level of risk that is still something the, the system can cope with. Exceeding that, you end up uh, wiping out your account because sooner or later you, you get that losing string where with that level of risk you wipe out everything. So you can, um, you can measure that level, obviously you stay a little bit below that and then you can trade. This is uh, turbo trading, let's say, because obviously uh, you are still at a very high level of risk you, are, you, you might incur significant losses doing so, but you aim for the, the big winners. I would never apply this level of risk to my personal trade.
trading because it would be crazy. I mean, I would not sleep at night. But in a competition, knowing that I can actually lose the money I have there and uh, I accept that, uh, I take the risk. When I talk about risk, because uh, this also might not always be clear, I intend how much I am ready to lose of my account with all the trades I am placing. So, just to be clear, let's imagine we trade on, on futures accounts. You have one contract, two contracts, you may choose how many contracts you enter with, or on stocks, how large your position would be. So obviously, when you have a, a certain level where you might close your position, if it's going into a, a losing uh, area, and you decide, okay, I'm here is a good level where I think my position was simply wrong. So I would quit if I reach this level, which might be a low of yesterday or a 10% drop from where you enter and so. And then you determine, okay, so let's imagine I exit the position at that level. How much am I losing with one contract or with $1,000 stocks? Okay. That much, is it acceptable? Yes, no. How much would I accept? If you say, I accept a loss of 10% in my $10,000 account, you mean that you accept a $1,000 loss. So how much am I losing with one contract? Oh, I'm losing only, fi only, <laughs> only $500? Well, I can trade with two contracts because I'm, I'm stating that I'm ready to afford a $1,000 loss. So if you have one single contract, exiting at that level, I'm losing 500, I can take two. Two is the risk because I'm adding contracts or on stocks, I'm building up a larger position. So the larger the position, the higher the risk because quitting at the loss level, we predetermine, we lose more when we are bigger. We also make more money, but to survive in, in trading, you need to take care of your losses first and then when you make money you're happy but you might you must make sure that when you lose you are still ready to go on the day after because you are willing to trade for for a living maybe or in any case for a long time so you you unlike many uh, sort of systematic traders who just trade their own their own um, account and and the most successful ones go on to make millions of dollars you decided to go into the trader education business as well um, can you can you tell us why you why you decided to do that and um, why you decided to set up the Unger Academy well education has always been something I, I loved I am a mechanical engineer and when I graduated back in 1990 <laughs> I'm an old guy I, I was thinking about becoming um, a professor in the university because I liked I loved to to teach then I spoke to some professors and I changed my mind for a number of reasons, which is, are not important now to detail. But I still uh, thought about uh, loving to, to spread out my, my knowledge about something. The point is that I didn't know anything. So I had to become first an expert on something and then eventually I could teach that. On, on trading, I, I found that way because I reached a level where I, I understood that I had some knowledge to spread. Of course, uh, winning four times a yearly contest means that you are not simply lucky. You might win once, 
with pure luck. But when you win four, it means that there is something behind it. That's something was something I could build some education on. And not only, I was also requested to do so because obviously people seeing the, the performances, uh, not right in percentage, but I mean the, the consecutive winners and so on, they were interested in understanding what, uh, what I was doing. So I, I built up some um, seminars all over the world teaching what I was doing. In 2015, with some other friends, we decided to make this more professional. So we founded the, the Unger Academy because there we put all this together in a specific educational path to, to teach exactly what I do. What I do from scratch to building up the whole infrastructure that is running for me every day. And, um, and that was, uh, as said, a hobby of mine because I love to, to teach. A request from the market because people were interested in what I was doing. And last but not least, uh, I must admit it, it's also um, a great way to diversify my, my incomes. And um, I mean, it's not a secret that traders not always win. I also spoke about losses, I did it and I still do it. Uh, there are losing periods in trading. I recommend nobody to approach trading thinking about the monthly income uh, and so on. That, that would be crazy because you have, I have losing months, more than one. So I mean, obviously, uh, I'm, I'm now relaxed because I know that after the, the bad periods, the good periods come because I believe in what I have on my computer. But it's more pleasant to have a parallel income that flattens the, the equity line of, uh, of what I'm making, making out there in the market. And it's a way to leverage my, my skills in trading. Obviously, I, one way I do that directly in the markets, increasing my positions together with the increase of my, of my portfolio, my capital, but of other way I can leverage again my knowledge uh, with the income from, uh, from the education. And um, I mean, it's one of the ways. Another way would be to go to the institutional side, just trading for institutions. But this is, here in Italy at least, uh, really much more complicated. There are many uh, barriers, uh, bureaucratic and, uh, and related to the laws we have here, where thinking about uh, an institutional business uh, is really a, a nightmare. So, I mean, I had to move out of, of Italy, somewhere to Switzerland or to the States or so, which I was not willing to, for a number of reasons, obviously private reasons, or I would simply quit the idea of getting into institutional world, uh, at least as to, to the moment I find a good, a good idea, idea or alternative, but so far I've not found it yet. So education is all I can do to leverage my, my knowledge. And with, with the Younger Academy, we're talking about more than just a, a sort of off-the-shelf system here, aren't we? Um, can you explain um, what it is that you actually teach the students, how, how you help them? Yeah, I, I mean, we, we do not, um, I mean, I'm not providing uh, fishes, I'm teaching how to fish. Uh, we, I'm, I'm willing students to be able to do exactly what I do. So I'm teaching them how I develop systems 
because there is a, um, a method that they put in place, the so-called Unger method. I mean, this method um, goes step by step into how I analyze markets and how I build strategies, trading systems, once I get the answers from my analysis. I show exactly with some basic scripts, which are already pre-built, how I put all these bricks together to build my, my wall or my cathedral. <laughs> and um, uh, I, I believe that I'm not build, uh, building some clones of Andrea Unger. I'm trying to build traders who are independent in any decisions they make. This helps because uh, obviously we have many students and uh, it's impossible to be ready there on the minute for any of them. It's important that people know exactly what they do because here we are talking about your money, we are not talking about pirates. So it's important that you know how to react, you know how to deal with what you are doing anytime. And I want people who are completely independent in what they do. Obviously, I, my, my coaches, anybody in the Ungar Academy are always there to, to help and to support people. But I want people who know exactly what they do. And believe me, uh, I often had students who submitted systems they built, which are, were very, 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 very good. I used the systems myself in many cases because I saw they made a really good work. So um, that is the best thing that can happen. When you see a student that uh, um, makes a good work out of what uh, you, all the knowledge that you passed over to him or her. And uh, I got many and this is a great level of satisfaction with what, uh, what I'm doing. So effectively, a student can come to you and, and they, they, you can help them build their own sort of automated trading strategy that suits their own objectives and their own you know, personality and such like. Um, it, it's almost like you're helping them to develop this from, from scratch. Yes, because uh, when people approach automated trading, uh, which they start believing is the best way to go for a number of reasons, again, uh, because they failed in discretionary trading, because they acknowledge that uh, systematic trading might be better because it's objective, it's based on numbers. So you know more or less what you are doing and uh, you cannot discuss about the decision because everything is black and white. I mean, uh, it's not. Uh, I'm not the guru telling you, oh yes, but you didn't interpret it uh, um, your mindset uh, or, or whatever. No, I mean, once a strategy is written, <laughs> we can discuss about the rules, but I cannot tell that there was a wrong interpretation of the system. Rules are rules. And people understand that this is the best way to go. Uh, somehow they also uh, go rid of um, many emotions which come during the trading activity because you have no longer to, to wait and click on the mouse. You just have your strategy running, all the decisions are made before. So people uh, want to learn this and uh, once they decide this, they have two major problems. Uh, the first is, I'm not a programmer, how can I do that? The second is, okay, but now how can I create a strategy? Where, where do ideas come from and so on? Many believe they have ideas, they try to translate uh, their discretionary approach and they end up with a lot of frustration because they don't find really what they were looking for. So in the Ungar Academy, I first of all uh, teach what the basics are to, to build the scripts, the, the, the language to program this and how to put it together. And 
as I'm not a programmer as well, I understand the problems in approaching this and more or less I think that uh, a good approach is built in the Umarakada because we show that actually it's not hard to that. I mean, you need to apply, you need to study, it's clear, but it's not rocket science. Uh, I once tried a software programmed in C Sharp and it was a disaster for me because it, it took ages for any idea I was trying to code. Then I passed to um, easy language, power language, and there it was easier. So once you, you acknowledge it and you notice that it's not that hard, you start building strategies. And then the second step is to provide the scripts that are helpful to analyze the characteristics of any market. And then once you identify the characteristics, you start building strategies on, on those characteristics. This means like if you, you want to date a girl, you try to understand what the girl normally does and, uh, and then you, you, let's say, behave in a way that uh, you might meet her, um, her uh, needs or her uh, ideas and whatsoever. And then uh, you, you already know more or less how to, to deal with her once you invite her for dinner or, or so. It's more or less the same. I mean, uh, a girl is still better than the markets, but <laughs> the approach is very similar. <laughs> is it? Well, how much experience would you require a student to have, both in terms of familiarity with the market and also for many people, they look at something like systematic trading and, and, and they think, oh my goodness, you know, I don't have, you know, um, mathematical ability, for example. They need no experience because we have students starting from uh, from complete scratch, knowing nothing about markets, knowing nothing about uh, software, at least related to, to trading. And uh, we, we put together all the basic knowledge about the markets. Uh, so it's just a question of time. You need more time just to go through all the material that explains what you are dealing with. Um, if you are a programmer, you have an advantage because of your mindset. But uh, you might even be dangerous because programmers are dangerous because they think that uh, complicated stuff is uh, better than simple stuff. That's not true in trading. So um, if you have basics of uh, programming, it's fine because uh, you might be fast in putting everything together, but uh, be careful and you have to control yourself first because you are your worst enemy in that case. Uh, now all the programmers now would <laughs> blame me about this. Um, and uh, as I said, markets are explained. The programming language and the setup of the infrastructures are all explained. It's just, as I say, again, a question of how much time you are able to dedicate to your learning path. And there are different steps where you are starting and getting in, let's say. If you don't know anything, you just start from the ground. If you know about markets, you go to the second floor, maybe. If you know about everything, you go to the roof and, and so on. But everything is set in order to, to put everybody at the same level once they reach the top. And are there any, any particular markets or asset classes where you would recommend not using this approach? Um, no. I mean, um, obviously, um, I prefer to trade on, on futures on futures, on the CME, the Globex, and so on, also the other Eurex in, in Europe, simply because uh, um, I get a, a, a wider diversification. 
the possibility to diversify on uh, on energy, on metals, on grains, uh, index futures, currency. They are all there, you know, so you can put everything together. But the approach of building strategies works on, on the stock market as well. So you can easily work on different uh, stocks out there. And it works on, on Forex as well. Uh, I don't like Forex for other reasons, uh, because it's not a regulated market. And so I prefer to use uh, regulated markets. I do trade currency futures contract. I don't trade Forex anymore. And um, of course, currency futures in that case are a bit more restricted because there are only a few which you can use. I mean, Euro dollar, Canadian dollar, Australian dollar, British pound, Japanese yen. I believe that out of these, you don't get anything which you would get on the Forex market, but you don't need all of them. I mean, so I'm satisfied with these. And um, I said, you can use it anywhere, even on ETFs, for example. Again, on ETFs, you are a bit restricted to the way you, you trade, maybe, but there is no objection to do so, provided you have the data, you have access to the real-time data of the market you intend to trade, and that you are allowed to place trades on that market through the APIs, which in the States is absolutely not a problem. I know there are markets in the world where this is not uh, possible, uh, I think Malaysia, India, for example. So you have to look at that in a different way. But in, on the major markets that we know, there is absolutely no problem. You get all the information you need to put it together. And what, do you, what are the sort of common mistakes you find that people who come to you at an early stage are making when, when people approach this thing? What, what, what are the sort of common errors or beginner's beginners errors that people tend to make? I would say uh, wrong expectations. First of all, because the industry of trading, if you browse through the internet, is promising the moon. Obviously, there is an interest in doing so. So uh, when you see people trading from the beach uh, or people on the yacht or the private jet or whatever, that's all, can I say bullshit here? <laughs> or are you beeping that? <laughs> so in any case, um, the expectation must be set to a reasonable level. Um, I said more than once that the best traders, systematic traders, can aim at a, at a 30% a year as a return. In average, you, you make some maths and look what, what that means when you trade for 10 years. Believe me, it, it's enormous. I didn't do that personally. I did less than that. But it's possible depending on the capital you do. Uh, but if you start thinking that you have to aim for um, reasonable returns and not the 200%, then you are already on the right track. You might object that I, I won the championship with 672%. Yes, but that was a competition. And I said before, in competition, the risk level uh, was completely different from what I normally do. So the wrong expectations. Then the, um, the belief that uh, this is just uh, a simple thing that you can learn in a couple of minutes or the belief that there is a trick, a secret in, in the market. So that I'm just teaching you the secret and with a secret, you become the next uh, uh, Bill Gates. Obviously, this is fake news. I mean, uh, again, uh, some mentors tell you that they have a secret to make you rich. 
but it's not like that. I mean, uh, there are no real secrets. It's just uh, to, to work, to study and um, to approach this as a business, as a job. You must love it. If you approach trading just because you, you dream of becoming rich and you think that the way is in trading, I believe that you are completely wrong. So um, eagerness is another uh, problem of many people. They, they just think about the profits, the potential profits or what they dream of. They don't even listen to the truth. They just think about the, the next uh, uh, Lamborghini they are able to buy once they start this. And, and obviously this turns out in being a disaster. People under-evaluate uh, risk, losses, and they always believe things don't happen to them. They do happen and normally they create disaster. So you must, you must be very humble in approaching the markets and you must be ready to, to study, to build your knowledge in a satisfactory way to approach this seriously. It's a business, it's not a joke. It's not like going to the casino and playing or playing cards with your friends or buying a lottery ticket. That's not the case. There are markets today which offer wider possibilities like the cryptocurrencies, for example. Systems do work also cryptocurrencies and today we have enough historical data to build systems which was not possible some years ago. And I, I mentioned that some years ago the reason why I was not trading cryptocurrencies, but I do today because today we can do because we have enough data and we have a necessary connection to the markets through the, the platform. And these markets offer today because of their volatility, bad opportunities, but also higher risk. So again, starting from risk, you might find some bad opportunities. If you forget about the risk control, you might, might find money, but more probably you might find heavy losses. And um, obviously during the pandemic, we've seen a lot of new traders coming to the market. Many of the younger traders during lockdown, they've opened accounts for the first time. They probably now have been in the market for, let's say, at least 12, maybe 18 months. Um, probably made quite a few mistakes on the way through. What would be your what would be your advice to these guys, this sort of new generation of sort of pandemic traders? Well, I, th I believe there are two categories: people who lost everything, and people who made a lot of money in um, 2020. Those who lost everything, I mean, hoping they just lost everything in terms of money dedicated to trading. I hope they they did not harm their uh, their, their complete uh, wealth. But these people, if they are still willing to, to learn something about trading, they should think about that in a positive way and start from scratch. Approach this, reset everything and start from scratch. Forget about what happened. Don't forget about the mistakes eventually. Try to learn from those mistakes, but all the approaches that you put in place, forget about them and build it from zero. To those who made a lot of money in 2020, and there are many people who made, forget about it. <laughs> because 2020 was a very particular year. I spoke to many traders who got big illusions about their potential based on the returns of 2020. The volatility in 2020 was crazy. And with that level of volatility, you might make a lot of money, but that not that's not related 
not only to your skills, to your systems. It's more related to, to the case, I mean, to fate. So forget about those gains because most probably you won't find them again. People who made 100%, 300%, they believe they are the new gurus of Wall Street. So I hope they, I wish they were, I, I wish all the best to these guys. But 2020 was a very particular year. The money made in 2020 has to be forgotten. Put it in your pockets. Okay, it's fine. I'm happy you made money. But it's not a benchmark for the coming years. You have to reduce that in a significant way. And it will not be that easy. I remember in 2008, I made a lot of money because, again, of the volatility that was there. And I believed that I could make that amount of money also in the coming years. In 2009, <laughs> I was suffering a lot. Markets were confused, uh, volatility dropped, and my strategies were there doing, going nowhere. So I, I, I awakened <laughs> in a sad way, but it was all experience I had. I mean, it's not always spring in, uh, in trading or summer. Winters come and you must be ready for them. So forget about losses and forget about winners. Whatever you do, Think about 2021, 2022, start from scratch, analyze what you did and put it in the real context today because today the situation is different from what happened during the pandemics. And uh, just finally, if, if, if somebody's interested in learning more about um, your academy and, and finding out more about your courses, where can they get more information? You can uh, register for a free webinar where I explain a bit more about my, my history. I will that you have all the, the links so that you can click on there and reach the, the sites where you can register for the, the free stuff, of course. There is also the, the blog, the blog of the Ungaracademy.com, blog.ungaracademy.com, where you find a lot of free resources, videos I recorded, that my coaches recorded, so that you get an idea about the trading world I live in and, uh, and so on. So you, you can go on with free content uh, until you feel to go for the next step. I mean, uh, I often tell people not to sign up because uh, I believe they are completely with the wrong ideas about trading. So I, I hope that through all the free stuff, I will first gain a little bit more knowledge and um, realistic expectation. And then if they are still willing to, to become profitable traders, <laughs> I, we are here. Well, thank you very much indeed, Andrea. That's been really interesting and very useful to, to catch up with someone on, on this subject. Thank you for this invitation and uh, I hope people are, are pleased listening to this. And of course, uh, we are here to answer questions if they want to, to write notes or so whatsoever. Fantastic. Thank you very much indeed. You've been listening to the Armchair Trader podcast. Make sure you visit our website, www.thearmchairtrader.com, for your daily dose of financial markets news and sign up to our free newsletter there.